listening to the Teach From Home podcast, the podcast that equips, educates, and encourages brand new homeschoolers. My name is Beth Pavlik. I'm a homeschooling mom to four kids. I'm the owner of the YouTube channel Teach From Home and the website BethPavlik.com, where you can find all kinds of great resources, including my online course for new homeschoolers. Welcome, and let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. Before I get into what we're going to discuss today, I just want to ask you a question. If you have been listening to multiple episodes of my podcast, if you have gotten anything out of it, if you are enjoying it, if you think that it's helpful, can you do me a favor? Can you share it with other people? It's really not that hard to do. If you're listening on any platform, whether it's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Um, It's really not that hard to share it on social media, um, just to get it out there in front of um, your friends or other people that you socialize with on social media. You can also text it to a friend or a family member. Um, It's just a great way for you to support what I'm doing in this podcast and it's such a tiny audience that I have because it's brand new and if I could get myself out there in front of more people by having you guys share it for me um, then I would really appreciate it. That is just my very selfish plug just asking you to help me out with this. If you are enjoying it I would love it if you would share it with other people. Thank you very much. I am so happy that you're here with me today um, wherever you are and whatever the weather is like for you. I hope that it's beautiful. It is October 5th 2022 um, on this day of my recording. It is a beautiful day. It's definitely turning more fall. Um, it's so chilly in the morning when we wake up here in the Midwest, but then it's supposed to be in the 70s today. And so my husband and I are planning on working out in our yard. We have a, um, a stone wall that we're putting around our garden that we really need to finish before it gets too cold to do that. Um, and I also plan on mowing the lawn, maybe for the last time this year, who knows. Um, but it's still, there's not a cloud in the sky. It is so sunny. It's so beautiful. I just love it. And I'm just holding on to these last few days of summer-like weather because I'm really going to miss it when it gets really cold and snowy. But anyway, I hope that you are enjoying wherever you are. And I hope that the weather is gorgeous. And I hope that you're able to get outside. But today, we are talking about Chapter 6 of Jim Trelease's Read Aloud Handbook. And I just have to tell you, I love talking about books and I love talking about libraries and that is what this chapter is about. Um, It's called The Print Climate in the Home, School, and Library. And a lot of the first sections are talking about the importance of school classroom libraries and just school libraries in general, especially for the children who do not have a lot of print at home and how important that is for test scores and just academic success for those kids that come from homes that don't have a lot of books and they don't visit the library. It is so important to have a good school library and also a classroom library. But I'm not going to go over that too much because we are a homeschooling family and we don't have to worry about classroom libraries or school libraries. It's not that they're not important and I love that There are school libraries and classroom libraries, but we are a homeschool family. So I'm going to talk about, more importantly, how we utilize our local library and how we use library books and 
owned books here in our house. One of the first things that it says in the sections is how um, there's like the death of the newspaper in the home. And I remember my parents getting a newspaper um, and I think that my husband and I uh, used to get the newspaper when, you know, we were newly married before we had children. But it's talking about how, you know, online articles and blog posts and, and things on social media, like we read those now and we don't read a physical print newspaper. And I think that that's true. And I think that what their argument was, was that, you know, a lot of kids grew up with their parents reading newspaper articles in the home and the kids were able to like read it as well to see what adults were learning about and reading about. And I honestly don't believe that my kids are harmed by us not having a newspaper in the home and the fact that my husband and I read um, news articles online now and and our kids don't see us read them we just we read them on our own on our devices and and I don't think that that's really a harmful thing because they see us reading other books and and we do talk about what's happening in the world and what news articles that we have read um, from reputable sources online. Um, we do talk about that in front of our kids. So our kids know that we are staying informed with what's happening um, without having a print newspaper. Um, I'm a big recycler and so I don't want to have to worry about recycling all that newspaper. I would rather it just be digital because it saves, you know, paper and the environment and all that. The next section um, discusses the amount of books in a home library. So it says like, how many books should you have in your home library? And for us, I mean, there's no magic number of books in your home, but I do think that you don't have to have an enormous home library to be successful in uh, encouraging your kids to read. What we do is we have a good selection of books. I would say we've got like an average amount of books for all of our kids um, to read that we own and that we've just collected over the years. A lot of times we've gotten them from other families. Um, we've gotten them from garage sales, but sometimes we have, you know, bought new books for our kids if we know that they're going to love them and reread them. Um, but a lot of times we just get books from the library and I don't feel like I have to buy every single book that my kids love because they can just borrow it from the library as many times as they want. So knowing that they do have books at home that they own um, that doesn't have to take up an entire wall in their bedroom. You know, you don't want to overwhelm your children with the amount of books that you have, um, but you also don't want them to have just three or four that they own. Um, but also knowing that they can go to the library anytime they want and borrow as many books as they want is really helpful too. So I think that there's a good balance. I don't have a large library of books that I own personally, and I'll get into that more later. Actually, in the next chapter, they talk more about ebooks and, you know, digital devices that you read books on and if that's harmful or if it's helpful. And for me, I have definitely um, used my Kindle Fire to read my novels on from the library and so I don't have an extensive library of books that I own that I love because I I don't buy every single book that I read and if I did I I would just fill up my own my whole house with books and it's great to own books but at the same time I am not a re-reader of books just because my list of books that I want to read is so long 
I just don't have time to reread books. I It's not that I don't want to reread them, especially the ones that I love. I would love to, to own the ones that I love to reread at some point in my life. But I don't know when that is going to happen because currently on my Goodreads to read list, the number of books is 596. Now, do I think I'm going to read all of these in my lifetime? The sad reality is no, I don't. And honestly, I've been curating this list of want to read on Goodreads for probably 13 years. The reality is I'm not going to read all these books. I'm going, I have at some point over all of these years have put these on my list of books that I want to read. Once I actually get to all those books, I probably won't want to finish all of them. And I do not finish all the books that I start if I do not like them because my list is so long, I don't have time to read books that I don't absolutely love. So I know that I'm not going to read all of these books, but uh, having this list, I don't know what I would do without it. Um, but yeah, almost 600 books on this list. Um, it's pretty extensive. So I read all of these books and the ones that I love, I five star on Goodreads so that if I ever want to go back and buy all the ones that I love, I always mark the books that I would want to buy and reread as five stars on Goodreads. That's how I know because I read so many books, I forget which ones I absolutely loved and which ones I did not like. And so being able to rate them on Goodreads, I can go back and be like, oh, I read that back in 2015 and I rated it five stars. So that means I don't remember a whole lot about that book, but I remember that I loved it and I would probably want to reread it. So I need to buy that book. Another part of the book um, discusses cuts from library services when a community or state runs low on funds. And I can tell you, you know, in the past couple of years with the pandemic, like I just didn't know how our library was going to stay open and what was going to get cut. And I was worried about it. But our library here in my town does such an excellent job of providing so many other things for the community um, that is not just them coming to borrow books. Um, they really provide so many services for our community that it was able to stay open. Nothing got cut as far as I know, and they're still going strong today. I, in a little bit, I'll share all of the, the excellent um, resources that they have at my library that I really love to take advantage of. Here's a quote from the book. It says, with the internet and ebooks, who needs a library? In 2012, more ebooks were sold in the US than hardcover books. Okay, well, that was 10 years ago. I don't know what the stats are now. But the rest of it says in 2018, print books claimed 54% of public libraries' budgets for materials, while the budget for electronic books stood around 9%. As of 2012, less than 3% of average public libraries collection consisted of ebooks. However, people still seem to prefer print. According to the Pew Research Center, 65% of survey respondents said that they had read a printed book, while only 28% reported that they had read an electronic book. I can't get too ahead of myself on the topic of ebooks because in the next chapter they dive deeper into that, so I'll save my thoughts and experience with those for the next episode. This chapter is mostly focused on libraries and the role of librarians. I will say that our library is an excellent resource for our community. I looked up their events calendar at the end of this summer to see what they offered for the fall, and I couldn't believe the fun activities that they had. 
Like so many. One of the events they've offered since my oldest was an infant 12 years ago um, was story times for different age groups. I remember I started taking my oldest when he was maybe six months old to weekly story times. And they also have toddler story times and preschool story times. I've always taken my kids to these events. During the pandemic, that got derailed and I wasn't able to take my youngest to story times, which was so sad to me because it was such a big part of my older kids' lives. Well, this fall, I decided to start taking her and even my older kids come sometimes. Our library is not strict about older siblings coming to story times and my kids are very respectful and they just sit in the back of the room with books to read. And you may wonder why I would take my kids to the story time at the library when I read to them at home as well. Well, the experience there is so fun. Not only do they listen to stories from grown-ups that aren't me or their dad, they also always have fun educational activities that they do that go along with the book theme that week. So they will have hands-on activities with their felt board where the kids can take turns and come up and and put letters up there. Um, They always have songs that they sing with the kids that have to do, that have motions that go along with them. They will also have little poems that go along with the book theme and they'll have all these hand motions that they will have the kids interact with. It's just so much fun. It's an experience that I cannot duplicate at home. So I love that. And also at the same time, my kids get to be a part of that group experience with kids their own age. Um, You know, like my four-year-old gets to go to that. And this is a new thing for her because, you know, when the pandemic hit, she was 18 months old. And so she's never experienced just going into these these group experiences where she gets to be around kids her own age. She's just mostly been with her siblings as she's uh, grown up. And so now she gets to go to those and she gets to be around little people her own age and size and just get to experience the wonderful story times that our library puts on. Our children's librarians are just the best. They also have preschool craft time each week at the library, which is awesome. I mean, we do a lot of crafting at home and we have so many crafting supplies, but the experience of doing a craft at the library is different and fun. Last week, they had watercolor paints and little canvases for the kids to paint on. The librarian asked us if my girls, which I, yes, I took my seven-year-old daughter to the preschool crafting time, but you know what? I only took my four-year-old for a couple of weeks, and every time we went, I saw parents who brought their older kids, like school-age kids, to the crafting time as well, and the librarian did not say anything. And my seven-year-old loves crafting as much as my four-year-old does, and so I ended up bringing her last time. Well, when we sat down to do these watercolor paints, the librarian asked us if we had ever done watercolor paints paint before. And I was really surprised. In my head, I was thinking, are you kidding? My kids have been painting with watercolors at home since they were a year old. Doesn't everyone do art with their kids at home? But I just smiled and I told her that both of my girls know how watercolors work. Well, a few minutes later, a mom and her preschool daughter, her daughter looked maybe three years old, sat down at the same table as us. And the librarian asked her the same question, like, has your daughter, does she know what watercolors are and how they work? And the mom told her that her daughter hadn't done watercolors before. So that really showed me that it's not a given that all parents have art supplies at home. 
which I was really surprised about. That's just always been our family culture. Um, but I guess not everybody is like that. So at our library, they also do family nights. And maybe they've done these for years and I just didn't know about them. But they have all of these different activities or guests that come in and visit. And it's all free. So it's weekly that they will have these different events. We have gone to a couple of them. One of them was um, our local Humane Society came and brought some small animals. And they talked about how to take care of them. And if they wanted to, you know, adopt these small animals, like they had guinea pigs and rabbits and um, gerbils. And so they came and they actually brought some of their animals in for the kids to see, which was fun. And then another night they had a pirate party where they sent us on a scavenger hunt around the children's section of the library. And after we came back with our, um, our paper all filled out, they got a prize and then we got to create, since it was pirate themed, they made these toilet paper roll parrots that they could attach to on their arms with pipe cleaners. And my daughters loved that. And so those that's just like a few examples of what they do at my library for those family nights. They also on Saturdays have a monthly Lego club where kids of all ages can come and build things with Legos that the library provides. And then their creations are displayed in glass cases in an open area of our library where everybody can walk by and see them. And they also have little name cards where the kids have put their names on them so that it can just, it can show who created that specific Lego creation, which I think is awesome for kids who don't have Legos at home, but they want to build with them. They also have different performers come on the weekends. Like there was a juggling act. There's somebody who plays different musical instruments. They had a... They had this lady with hula hoops that we weren't able to go to, but she does all these tricks with hula hoops. And they also have authors that come and speak. And so they also have a teen lounge during after school hours where they provide different activities and resources for teens to keep them busy after school when they can't go home. They have free workshops for adults on all different types of topics. Some of them are taking photos with smartphones or tablets, intro to Microsoft Excel. Um, they also have things for uh, marketing and for business owners and entrepreneurs. They have all of these free workshops for all different kinds of things. They also have book clubs. They also have crafty adults, like they will make, they'll eat cookies and make a craft together. Like it's just all kinds of things for all different kinds of people that want to do these things and I just love it. I just love how our library offers all of these programs to not only invite people from the community to create memories with their family but also encourages them to come and borrow books. Visiting the library and borrowing books with my very own library card was one of my favorite activities as an older kid, a teenager, and a young adult. Now, I love taking my kids to the same library and cultivating a wonderful relationship between them and that amazing community resource. I truly believe it changes kids' lives, not only academically, but also the library is a free portal to all knowledge. Anything you want to know about, there is a book about it at the library, free to everyone. The librarians love to help out anyone wanting specific books. Why wouldn't everyone use this resource? 
I just love the atmosphere at my library as well. Everybody is there having fun. We love the kids section, which of course, when I take my kids is where we hang out the most. They have all of these fun play uh, things for the kids to play with in the section. And then they have all of these short shelves with all of the books turned facing out so that the kids are not just looking at the spines they're looking at the covers which definitely um, just piques their interest that much more than looking at spines every time we go my kids know their favorite sections of the library Um, my boys love the graphic novels and the comic books Um, and also recently my oldest has gotten into this chapter book series called Spy School, which he really loves. And then my daughters love all of the picture books. They will pick out their own books every single time. And then we love going to the new section at our library. There are so many amazing books that are always coming out that are in that section. So we're always like, what are the new books in this section? We just adore it. And then I myself will pick out all different books that I find interesting that I want to read to the kids. And then also recently, you know, I have been picking out books that help me with my business. I want to do a ton of research on different things that I want to share with all of you, uh, my, my audience, especially on my YouTube channel, but now here on the podcast as well. And so recently, I experienced something that I have never experienced in all of my time of owning a library card, which uh, I've owned a library card since I was a uh, older child. I exceeded the limit of library borrows. And I think that that number is 200 books and recently we surpassed that i have never ever done that in the history of owning my library card so what happened was i knew that we were getting to a large amount but i was like well you know and here's the other thing here's why we were able to exceed that amount it's because our library in the last couple of years has done away with late fees So what happens is, is we, they will automatically renew our books if we don't return them on time. And we get 10 renewals automatically. And I don't know what happens when you get done with all of your renewals because they don't give you late fees anymore. But I haven't gotten to that point because I always return it before they update it all 10 times. So anyway, we have all these books. We don't have to return them in a month, which is how it was before, um, because it just automatically renews. So we have borrowed all of these books. Every time we go to the library, my kids have to borrow more books that they see. So if we go to the library multiple times, which we've been doing recently, because we'll go to the story time on one day, and then we'll go to the crafting time on another day. And then if there's another special event like the Lego Club, we'll go on another day. So if we visit the library three times a week, and they're always borrowing books, and we're not good about returning all the books that we're borrowing, that adds up. So I was there with, I think, just two of my kids, and we were trying to check out books. And I was trying to search for um, these specific who was books. And I was also looking for steam books and also um, some tinkering books, which I'll talk about later. But we went to go check them out and three of them were checked out okay. And then the next one I put on there, it this little sign popped up that said, you have exceeded your borrowing limit. And I was like, oh my gosh. We have like 20 books in a pile right here ready to check out. What are we going to do? 
And I was like, we're going to have to put these away. Like, I'm so sad. Like, we can't borrow these right now. Like, what in the world? Well, the librarian behind the desk walked up. And do you know what he did? I was totally expecting him to be like, yeah, ma'am, I'm sorry. Like, you can't borrow all these books. You've, you've reached your limit. We have a limit for a reason. You can't have that many books out. No, do you know what he did? He was like, here, let me help you out. And he manually, from his side of the screen, was able to check out all of our books for us. Like he overrode the system for us and let us check out all those books. He did not judge he did not scold us for having that many books out. I couldn't believe it. So then I got home and I was like, guys, we have to get serious about returning these books. This is this is way too much. And I just couldn't believe that we had that many books out. I was like, seriously, we do not have that many books. Well, this past weekend, um, I had my boys clear out the room, the bedroom that they share. I was like, go through all of the library books that you have stacked up on the floor between your beds, go through which ones you've already read and you're ready to take back to the library and put them in a pile outside of your room so I can return them. They put into a pile 46 books that they were done with. And that was not even clearing out their entire entire stash. I was floored. We took them back to the library and I felt so good. I was like, yes, look, I am a good patron of the library. I don't just keep books for no reason. My kids actually read these books and I am always borrowing books that I actually read as well. We're not just people that... Now, I'll tell you, my four-year-old, she did grab a whole bunch of books that she didn't actually read. But I didn't want to tell her no. She went into the section that is um, Spanish printed books. She does not read Spanish and neither do I. But she went into this Spanish print section of the library and grabbed a whole bunch of these little readers that were all Spanish print. And I didn't want to tell her no, so I let her get them. She might have looked through them at one point while we borrowed them, but she she didn't really look at them a whole lot. And I couldn't read them to her. I mean, I could have, but I would have stumbled through because I'm not the best Spanish reader. So I was really happy to return those. But all the other books that my older kids pick out, they genuinely want to read them. And they reread them while they have them. So they're not going unused. But it did feel really good to return 46 books in one uh, in one sitting. And I did not go into the library to return those because I didn't want anybody to get stuck behind us because there was only one return slot in the library. Um, behind the library, they have a drive-up return slot, which I've used in the past. And I used it this time because I was like, I just don't, I don't even think I could physically carry 46 books. Some of them are really big and heavy. I could not carry all of those into the library. We actually had to use five library bags to carry all of those books in the car with us and I took my oldest with me I was like you have to help me with this so we I just could not picture us walking into the library with five bags of books to return and you have to put them in that return slot one at a time you can't just dump all of them in there at once so it was going to take us a while so we definitely went behind the, the library drove up And thankfully, nobody got behind us in line while we were returning all of these 46 books. But anyway, what I want to leave you with from this episode is the library 
is just a magical, wonderful, free place for you to let your kids expand their knowledge about anything that they want. Be introduced to their favorite story and their favorite characters that will stay with them into adulthood. Um, anytime my kids are interested in a topic, my main resource is the library to go find books about that so that we can read about it. That's absolutely how we get all of our knowledge. And then knowing that anytime my kids are looking for a specific book that they can't find at the library, they all know that they can go up to the desk and any of the librarians are so delighted to help them. It's just amazing and fantastic. I love them. I love that they care about my kids and they want to point them in the right direction. Um, we have used them multiple times to say, look, we want books on this topic. Where can we go find those? And they will walk us right to that section. They know it all. So I love using them. And I love that they provide so many different activities and events. They really are just the best resource in our community. So I just highly encourage you to go and visit your local library. And maybe you don't have a local one. Maybe you have to go to a different city to get to a good library. But it's worth the drive. Our library is only about 10 minutes away from us, thankfully. And it's just an amazing library like an award-winning library and we're so happy to be there all of the time and I, and I just want my kids to see it as a second home I truly do because that's how I felt when I went to the library as a kid I knew that I could go there and and everybody was there reading and and conversing with others and I'll tell you, if you want to see a diverse group of people from your community go to the library I mean, it's just so many different kinds of people go to the library and all of them know that that's where they gain knowledge. That's where you just get to learn about whatever you want for free. It's There's nothing else like it. So visit your local library. Take your kids there and let them browse on their own. Look up your library's website and see what other things they offer besides just borrowing books because I bet you that they offer other community services and events and activities for your family to take part in. And also just Go and look up things and figure out what you can learn and what types of books they have there. You know, I bet you that if you asked a librarian or somebody at the front desk of your library for a tour, just so you can see all of the library, all the things that they have besides books, um, you would be amazed and you won't know until you ask somebody who knows. So I would highly encourage you, get a tour of your library. I bet you could just do it impromptly uh, with a librarian. They'd be happy to just take you around. And don't be afraid to ask them any questions that you might have about uh, how to find things or, or what kind of things that they have there that you could use. I know that there are just public computers at the library for anybody to use if they don't have a library or if they don't have a computer at home. Um, there's also meeting rooms that you can reserve for free at the library if you want to get together with other people. At the library, they have all of these rooms at our library. They also have movies and they have CDs and they have audiobooks. 
They also have a cafe in my library, which is really fun. They have a copy machine there. They have a printer, like anything that you don't have at home that you would want to use there. It's just incredible. I just I just love our library so much. So anyway, I hope that you have been inspired by this episode today. I could just talk about libraries and books for days. But in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about ebooks and physical books and if one or the other is better and um, and what I have used in the past and what I use now and I'm just so excited to talk about that as well. Um, so thank you so much for being here listening to this episode today. I hope that you've been inspired and thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. If you have any thoughts, if you have any things that you want to share, you can absolutely make comments on this episode and you can also rate the podcast if you find that this has been really helpful then the ratings really help me out as well so until next time i hope that you go read something and learn something new from a good book and i will see you in the next episode bye